The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to part three of our Southwest Division preview. We've just finished up conversations with Grizz expert Mark King and Mavs expert Josh Bow. Tomorrow we've got Kelly Iko of ESPN Houston. But right now we welcome onto the line J.R. Wilco, editor-in-chief of PoundTheRock.com. What's up, J.R.? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. I'm so thrilled to have you. Uh, as, as I just mentioned, JR is the editor-in-chief, and you guys can follow him at Jolly Roger Wilco and read the best material on the Spurs at, is it Pound the Rock or Pounding the Rock? I want to make sure I get that You're right. Pounding the Rock. Pounding the Rock. Nice title, Three words. Man. There you go. Very well done. Uh, I'm going to dive right on into it because I know how valuable your time is, Let's JR. Do Let's do it. The Spurs won. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. 61 games this past season. They were leading the Warriors by 23 points, I think it was, before losing Kawhi Leonard to an ankle sprain after falling on two separate feet. Uh, and here's here's the question. If Kawhi doesn't step on those two ankles, do the Spurs win the 2017 NBA Finals? Oh, God, well, you, you can't. There's no answer <laughs> to a question like that. I love it. I love it. Um, do they? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and the more – the more time that goes by, the more people I hear not associated with the Spurs saying, man, they were going to give the Warriors a season, uh, a, a, a series in that, in that Western Conference Finals with Kawhi. And I'm like, where is all this coming from? And why was, why was everyone so silent during the series? Because all I heard was, well, they're done now. And then I was, now it's all these people that like, seem to be crawling out of the woodwork going, man, the Warriors would have had their hands full. But I, I didn't hear any of that through the, through the series or even through the finals or even after the finals. No one really – see. everybody was like, eh, be quiet, Spurs fans. All I know is that all the way through that game, Greg Popovich looked like the, the cat that had just eaten the canary. He, he looked as smug as I have ever seen him in my life. And this is a man that doesn't ever look smug until, until all the chickens have come home, right? Until all the cows have come home. 
Um, and I was just, I was amazed. It was just like the last two years while the, while the Warriors were on their run, you know, since they picked up LaMarcus, you, all you hear from Pop is just, oh, the Warriors just can't be, you just can't play with them. I just got to, oh, just got to see how good we can do. All the while, you know, he's been doing stuff, stuff. like ESPN had him on the All-Star game two, three years, like right before the All-Star game two, three years ago, um, two, two and a half seasons ago. And he was, and he was saying, oh, he just, oh man, it's just amazing to watch him. And what can you do? But just sit there and go, man, I have no idea what to do. And he knew he had something up his sleeve. I mean, he couldn't have telegraphed it. I mean, to pop watchers, obviously, who know how he answers questions and kind of, uh, you know, live in that world. So I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I think he had second and third moves, but we'll never know, right? Because it, because it happened. I, all, it's one of those fascinating things, right? I mean, two straight years, you have, have the Warriors you know, just going you know, absolute balls out, you know, setting the regular season uh, wins record, uh, and then and then coming back with 67 wins, and all the while Pop was just sitting back, going, "Okay, wait till I get, wait till I get to, to, to wait till I get to try you." And they finally got to try, you, and then and then it's and then it's out, right? And it's they're they're just we don't even get to watch it. So um, it's it's one of those questions we'll never be able to answer, and everybody's going to have their you know like who would win between Muhammad Ali and and uh, and and Tyson, right? And Mike Tyson. We'll never know. We'll never see it. It's that's why that's what makes it fun to talk about. And we never even got to get to Game Three, where the Spurs were going to turn off the air conditioner, right? Oh my goodness! Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that that only happens in that only happens in the first game, right? That's in the that's in the game that they host. You get to try again. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened in Game Three because it wasn't a Game One. Yeah, it's and, such. And a... you, have to, you have to save that wild card for the finals anyway. Why would you? Why would you waste that on a Western Conference? I know we've we've got such an irrational. Uh, I I don't want to say hatred. I want to say fear of the San Antonio Spurs. Probably uh, dating back to the the two thousand eight. I want to say or seven matchup between yeah Chris Paul and Tony Parker when we went to Game Seven and a couple of calls went against us. And I will forever uh, I I will forever put that on the officials. But uh, at the end of the day, you guys outplayed us. You've just uh, been a veteran, a better team uh, for now decades. So uh, I don't, I don't know why I don't know why you got why you would be afraid of the Spurs that you own us over the last several years. I mean it's like yeah I mean we'll we'll be we'll beat the Celtics, we'll beat the Cavaliers, we'll beat the you know the the Warriors in the regular season and then New Orleans even comes to the comes to uh AT&T Center and it just lays waste. It's just like you know that New Orleans seems to have San Antonio's number lately. I- I don't know what memory you have, uh, Jr. Because all I can think about, and and you're absolutely right, but I'm just referring to the March third matchup, the the last one. Yeah. Uh, so much was made over True Holiday's move to shooting guard and his 150 yeah. million dollar contract with incentives. And all I can remember of him last season, because I'm a fan, I'm irrational. I feel like it's my responsibility <laughs> okay. as a fan to be irrational. All I can okay. remember of Drew Holiday is uh, specifically the Nuggets, the 134 to 131 loss, where he dribbled the ball off of nothing and it went out of bounds and then he had an errant throw the very next possession with one minute left and against these san antonio spurs where the pelicans were leading by three in the final minute and Kawhi leonard had been pretty much kept in check i think he only had somewhere around like 18 to 20 points that game however he just took the ball away from drew uh he just said you know what there's a minute left i'm looking at the clock i got places to be let me have this just glided all the way to the other end, <laughs> laid it in very delicately, took it to overtime, spotted us a 5-0 lead, and then proceeded to just destroy my soul. Mm. And and that's what I think of when I think of this San Antonio 
those spurs. But uh, so you're we're... mentioning a game, and I'm talking about yeah. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, like it's you know it's it's tough those those game those games you lose that you f- think you have in the basket that come back to haunt you, and and then you can't forget them. Yeah, it's the disease of now. Uh, that's that's all I can see. I've got blinders to anything else. Just that game and the Nuggets lost, and uh, just just. Kind of like the the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans franchises are always seemingly like two to three games behind 500. And we've always got these teams like the San Antonio Spurs who just give us this glimpse that we might be something better before just slamming the door in our faces. And that's all. But that's not what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the. I've suddenly got depressed. I'm I'm like, I'm surprised. No, everything's going to turn around this year. And I'm going to tell you why, JR. But let's, let's, talk about the Spurs. The Spurs let Dwayne Dedman and Jonathan Simmons walk. They signed Rudy Gray, uh, Rudy Gay, uh, pardon me, fresh off an Achilles tear at the age of 31, re-signed Patty Mills, four years, 48. Pau Gasol to a seemingly ludicrous three-year, $48 million extension. How would you grade the Spurs offseason? And do you think they've improved, treaded water, or regressed? Okay, so on the scale from Eclair to Bear Claw, I give them a solid apple fritter. <laughs> okay it's not all the way to a bear claw but it's not just like some chocolate eclair you know i mean you got something in there you got a little apple you got a little cinnamon you got some glaze on there it's a solid apple fritter uh, off season um and of course it's the famous danish scale i mean uh, that's worldwide i mean right you know what's what's with what's with grading i don't understand the grading like abc or five star or on a scale of one to ten I think it's the Danish scale, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So um, got to got to go with the uh, got to go with the petit three, right? Yeah, well, um, if so you bring up cinnamon the, rolls, you got me. Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> cinnamon rolls is going to be just below, um, just below a frosted croissant. Oh. And and just and just, but um, nothing beats a bear claw. <laughs> <laughs> obviously right um except maybe except maybe for a fresh cinnamon roll but that's frankly that's out of the that's out of the uh, danish and that's straight over into something completely other right that's like that's like that's like when you when someone says they're running at 100 110 percent efficiency and they're actually talking about a machine and that's a, there's a rating there it's like it's way off the scale that's that's your cinnamon roll so it's bear claw you know uh, yeah, Frosted croissant, right? Glazed croissant, cinnamon roll, and then down into the uh, apple fritter zone, and then all the way down with the eclair at the bottom. Okay, that's a pretty good rating. So, how how pleased were you with the Pau Gasol contract among the other ones? Uh, among among the other ones, less pleased than with the other ones. Um, I mean, it would have been nice to have Jonathan Simmons back, but frankly, he was a sub five hundred uh, field goal percentage all season long. Um, you know. He, he, could, he, he wasn't even a full – he didn't even, wasn't even in the rotation for the whole season. How are you going to drop too much money on a guy like that? Um, it, it was disappointing with how much he wound up signing for to think that we could have had him. But from everything that I wound up hearing was that the Spurs uh, – you know, they, they, he wasn't really interested in coming back to the Spurs. It's true that they never offered him, but that's just good GMing. Right. They didn't have to offer him. Their job was to wait for someone else to offer him and then decide whether or not they wanted a match because they held all the cards. Right. Because of his contract. So uh, when he first came and said, hey, uh, let's cut me loose. The Spurs do not want to have a guy in San Antonio that doesn't want to be there. 
So it doesn't matter what the what the market was willing to to pay him at that point. If he asks out, I mean, like they did with you know Udrich, and they've done it all the way since then. The guy wants out, you say, well, off you go. And uh, so he wasn't interested in being there, and they did they didn't want to have him. They only want guys that want to be there, and that's what you have in Patty Mills, and so you would pay a guy like that. That's what you have in Pau Gasol. And because he had, he had been willing to restructure because he opti- opted out of his deal, a deal he didn't have to, uh, the, Spurs, the Spurs tell guys like that, hey, you know, we'll pay you what money we have left over. And they made all their signings, and they had money left over, and so they paid him that money. And it looks weird on paper. It looks really weird on paper, frankly. Uh, but I would not be surprised if he played those first two years and they, re- and they renegotiated the, the third one and gave him a little bit more if he wants to stick around because – I mean, obviously, additional years aren't hurting him. He's a very efficient player. He led the league in three-point percentage last year. That exploded out of nowhere. You better be sure that Pop and the coaching staff are going to work a lot around that. I mean, the gravity from a seven-plus guy shooting, shooting as well as he shot from three-point last year, it, it, man, you can, you can maneuver around there. And the, and the entire league is going to, uh, you know, wings posting up. And big men shooting from beyond the arc, and uh, man, you've got one of you've got two excellent post guys in uh, in Rudy Gay and and uh, Kawhi Leonard, and then you've got uh, two big shooters in in Powell and Lamarcus. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of mirror image inside out ball uh, this coming season, probably a lot of small ball too. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that was a that was a pretty good summary of uh, the off season and some of the the moves that you guys. Did and didn't make uh, the Rudy Gay one was was the polarizing one just because he's he's a bit older. You guys gave him a, a good bit of guaranteed money. I think that second year is a player option, and and yep. there's just no telling what he's going to look like next season. Uh, he's and he's also slated at small forward at the same uh, spot that Kawhi is playing. So does that, <laughs> interesting, isn't it? I, I know. Does that move uh, Pau Gasol to the bench and put Lamarcus at center, where he uh, has traditionally said he does not want to play, or does that well, potentially? You can't. You can't... I'm sorry. I'm jumping in the middle to answer your question. You're not even I done yet. I want to. This, this podcast is all about you, JR. You're the star. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, you can't move Pau Gasol to the bench when, he's, when he was there last, last year. He had a, little, had a little injury. When he came back, he, he was solely a reserve. Uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't really start again throughout the, throughout the season. So, yes, uh, much has been made of LaMarcus uh, not being willing, not being excited, not really wanting to play the five in Portland. But it's a different league than it was then. And since he's come back, he's like, hey, uh, I'll do whatever the coaching staff wants. Um, he, he didn't say it with a whole lot of uh, verve and, uh, and, you know, and energy. But then again, when does he ever say anything with much verve and energy? He's always kind of got that, you know, you know baritone uh monotone the monotone baritone oh my goodness i've just come up with another nickname for him (laughs) um but uh yeah it's it's um it's 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 going to be one of those things where i don't think he's going to be able to get out of it again it's a different league um and you just look at the spurs roster uh as far as bigs are concerned it's pal gasol uh step down a little bit you've got lamarcus aldridge they step down a little bit you got yeah joffrey laverne and then everybody else is absolute small guy uh you're gonna see some small ball from san antonio this season the the roster dictates it uh and so in an instance like that um there's not that many big bruising teams anymore memphis doesn't even have that um utah is 
somewhat. Uh, obviously, New Orleans is. Uh, you know, New York's got a couple of big guys. We could play them once, twice a year. Um, and there, there just aren't that many teams that get in there with, with even anywhere close to a twin tower set, much less a legit center and a legit power forward. Now, everybody's going to the stretch four. And so in a system like that, there's just not, not a whole lot of standing in the post and needing to bang with the bigs. And, and if they do have two, well, then LaMarcus would be banging with one of them anyway. And, and frankly, watching him in the first, uh, in the first series, right, the first, um, uh, first opponent they had in the playoffs last year against Memphis, LaMarcus got in there and mixed it up and, and took shoulders to the chest. It was in there banging with both uh, Zebo and, and, and the younger Gasol. And so, I mean, like he showed that he would get in there and do work. Uh, he had a much better effort in my mind in the early part of the postseason than he did uh, towards the end when he was just the only the only uh, star player that the Spurs could throw out on the court there. So I don't worry about him being able to do that. I don't want, and, and besides, it's essentially a contract year for him right at this point. If, he, if he's not happy in San Antonio, um, his only option is going to be to play balls out this year and kill it wherever the Spurs decide to play him. Otherwise, he's going to have to take that player option because there's not a team in the league that's going to want to pay him anything more. And so if he, he's got an incredible amount of motivation at this point, if he's not happy in San Antonio, there's rumblings, right? He's got a incredible amount of, of motivation at this point to, to go out and to kill it no matter what role he's put on. So I'm not worried about that. It's, it's everybody else around uh, LaMarcus and, and Rudy and Kawhi. And you asked about Rudy. Man, I mean, where is he going to play? Is he going to play the four? Would he start? Could we see a an Aldridge, Gay, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, and then like Jonte uh, Murray starting lineup for the Spurs? If not on opening night, then somewhere in the you know it, it, during the season, I think you could. And that's just absolutely fascinating because the tools that Gay and 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 Leonard have together. And the way that they can stretch defense with, uh, with, with either LaMarcus in there or maybe even Gasol. I mean, there's some gravity on that court to, pull, to stretch defenses out of their, their preferred shape. Yeah, wow, good stuff, man. Um, and, I, and I'm looking at this right now and all the player options and how much money LaMarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol are making. And I keep looking at Manu Ginobili and thinking, how do you guys trick these, these veterans, these Hall of Famers, into taking <laughs> two-year, $5 million deals? It, well, because because we look at what they played paid him last year, paid him like fourteen, fifteen million last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is this is the way that this team and 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 you say it's a ludicrous deal. I think the ever, uh, adjective you, that you used was was ludicrous to the to the Pagasol. It was something like that. If it wasn't ludicrous, and it feels that way now. But in a few years, when Pagasol is playing for one point five, three point five million, you're going to be asking the exact same question. But yeah. everyone forgets about a few years before, right? The yep. reason that we get players playing for these kinds of contracts and the reason I expect Tony Parker to, to, to be ready to take, you know, less than less than what he's making this year, 15, 16 million when he when he reups because he said he wants to play till 40 is because they pay them when they can. And because they know from being in the league as long as they have, they, you, hear, you hear them talk to guys all the time. Danny Green has said it. Uh, I don't know if I've heard it from Patty Mills, but I've absolutely heard it from Tony Parker. Heard it from Monty Ginobili. You see them play with play against guys that used to be on the team, and they say these guys come to us. And they go, "Oh man, 
you have no idea what it's like out here. You don't know stupid coaching staffs. You don't know guys griping in the locker room. You, you like, please appreciate where you are. And they don't name names. They never name names, right? And they never come out and talk about it right after the game, but they sit there and they go, oh, man, just uh, please, please tell me you're at least appreciating where you are because it's not like that everywhere, man. And they know they don't want to play anywhere else. And so it's not just about the money and besides they've made their money, right? Uh, so, so that's why you get, uh, that's why you get guys like Manu that they come back and, and they say a couple of years ago, they say, I was never really even considering any place else. I just, I just said I was a free agent because my agent told me that I, I wasn't going to get to tell the press again. I, it was San Antonio was the only place I want to play before I signed a contract. So yeah, that's what they do. They, they, they have a really close tight knit group. They make it as much about family and about like pop makes it much about family and make wise decisions. They treat the people like people. They know it's still a business. You could get traded, but the guys who stay there long-term know that loyalty goes both ways. The team will pay them when they can, and the team will ask them to, to fit it under the cap when they need them to, and they do. Yeah, and that's part of the culture there that Greg Pop and uh, Tim Duncan have instilled. And I, I, I wanted to mention, uh, just based on where you guys are located uh, over in Texas and where we are with Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Harvey. I just wanted to give a shout out to your boy, Tim Duncan, for all the wonderful things he's doing with the Virgin Islands. They're about to get hit again by Hurricane yeah. Maria. So uh, he's doing a lot of wonderful things. And you can just see where part of that culture comes from. It comes from good people who do their jobs, do it the right way, and uh, they take care of other people. So uh, best wishes out to well, those guys. Sorry, what were you going to say? glad you brought that up. Anyone, I'm glad you brought that up. Anyone who's interested in, 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 uh, in donating, there are multiple posts up. The most recent recent one was about the all, all of the the last shipment that Tim Duncan took down there and went down there and helped deliver. So um, it's on the front page of Pounding the Rock right now. If you want to uh, want to contribute to the effort uh, of helping the the Virgin Islands rebuild, uh, please feel free to go and you can and you can li- uh, link from that post on PTR out to to the uh, to, to the place to donate. Good, good stuff. Thank you, Jr. Let's get back to some escapism, some stuff that doesn't matter quite as much because uh, most people Not are right. probably here to to unwind. So let's get back to these these awful Spurs and let's talk about yeah. uh, Manu and and Tony Parker. Uh, these guys, are, I think, are forty and thirty five respectively. They're they're yeah. surefire Hall of Famers. Uh, but yep. Manu has been flirting with retiring, I think, for two years now, and Tony Parker only averaged about. 21 minutes a game, I think, but you just said he's planning to play until he's 40. Talk a bit about what to. you're, yeah, yes. Talk about what you expect from the, uh, these guys this season and how much longer you expect them to be around. So first of all, I don't understand why, why anyone would say that he's been flirting with retirement. He didn't say before, during the season that he was going to come back the next year. So like essentially the last two games of the Western Conference Finals, is is just uh, you know like a nonstop you know this could be the last game and just a, a send off and essentially I mean they were retiring him at that point and Manu talked to somebody afterwards and goes I almost feel like I'll disappoint people if I decide to come back <laughs> I mean it's like I've been sent off already it's like I didn't even get to have a say in it it's amazing um, but they just it, it, like essentially I don't think that it, I don't think any network wants to carry uh, a Spurs last game without being able to, to really send them off. And I, I don't think that, uh, that, that, you know, many people, it, it, it definitely wasn't handled like that uh, on, on Tim Duncan's last game when, when he, when, the, when the Spurs lost to the Oklahoma city thunder uh, season before last and in six games, 
Um, he left, and there was a little talk about it, but they, but they really, really played it up against Manu. And, and at this point, Manu, every year he goes, I'll, I'll go and I'll decide. I'll talk to everybody involved, and, and, and I'll make my decision. And, and Pop has come to him apparently the last two years and said, we still want to use you. We'd still love to have you. And so he's chosen to come back. So I know that's not the question you answer. That's, that's what I'm giving you right now. As far, as far as what I expect to see from Manu is more the same Every every year he finds a way to be productive regardless of what his body will allow him to do. And this started, I want to say, it started maybe about six or seven years ago when uh, at the beginning of the season um, he was he was out uh, he was out on the edge. They set a pick for him, and instead of turning the corner and driving straight in, he waited and held up until the guy who set the pick released, and he tossed him this little ball. Now he would do that. He would do that regularly anyway, but it was the first move that he made early in the game, early in the season. And I want he can't be doing that because he's tired. He's doing that to save his body. His game is changing. And that's pretty much what he does now. He only slides from the, from the top right corner into the bottom left, you know, and that, that little, you know, lefty uh, kiss up off the glass that you can never quite get to. He won't do that until, until he sees that it's wide open. He won't force the issue very often. He will look to set other guys up, and and he makes the offense, uh, he makes the, the second unit offense run so well uh, because he does those things. I expect more of that. I expect more heady play. I expect more stepping in for steals when you didn't even know he was on that side of the court. Um, and every once in a while, he'll come up with something athletic, like uh, like 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 the dunk that he had in the in the postseason um, against against the Rockets um, in the in the second series last year. Um, and, and stuff like that, it, it would just do more of that. As far as what, what we expect from Tony, man, he's coming back from a torn quad. Everybody loves to say, well, that's the kind of uh, injury that uh, – or that is the injury that ends careers. Well, let's be frank. It ended Charles Barkley's career, okay? <laughs> Charles didn't want to work himself back into shape. It's not, it's not like this is the end of somebody's career when, they, when, they, when, when this happens to them, okay? This is not like uh, – it's not like microfracture knee surgery used to be, you know, before they kind of got everything on, on board with that. So, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a quadriceps tendon, so it is a tendon, but this is the kind of uh, injury that guys can come back from, and Tony Parker is a long-term guy. Um, and so I, I don't know what he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to have any snap to him. Um, but uh, his, his numbers dipped last year, absolutely. But then he came into the playoffs and made it clear that he had been taking the regular season uh, at about half to 60% speed. Uh, he came in and was definitely the second best player through the first uh, six games that he played in. Um, he had, he had a bad game. He had, he had a bad game in the Memphis series. Um, but I mean, like once he, once he got going, um, he made, he, it was, it was obvious that he had kind of been pacing himself. So I'm, I'm not worried with him, what we'll get from him because he's coming back injured. But I'm not upset that he's coming back. That's for sure. Uh, let's talk a bit more about your depth now that we know the condition of uh, Tony Parker. Just basically, if he's healthy and if the game is important, we can expect to see the old Tony Parker. Otherwise, we might see these two guys uh, take things a little bit more gingerly in their ever-advancing age. Uh, but we do have a matchup with you guys on November 22nd. Uh, I'll recall mm-hmm. the last game, which I did a little bit earlier in the podcast, March 3rd. Uh, Spurs won a heartbreaker in uh, what pretty much crippled the Pelican season that combined with the Nuggets loss. Uh, and uh, I, I mentioned the 5-0 advantage in overtime, the picking the pocket of Drew Holiday. But now 
both teams look very different. The Pelicans have Rajon Rondo, Ian Clark, Darius Miller, Tony Allen. Uh, we just re-signed Dante Cunningham to go along with Boogie and AD. Uh, and the Spurs, we've just discussed some of the changes that they've undergone. With these two uh, newly developed rosters, how do you expect the Spurs to fare against the Pelicans? What what type game do you think they play, With obviously with uh, the Pelicans being so much bigger in the front court? Uh, the addition of Gay, the loss of Simmons. Uh, yeah, how do you think they the two teams match up now? Man, I... <laughs> This is so weird because it's such a different Spurs team than we've had in the past. Uh, previously, when when the Spurs were going to play a, a DeMarcus Cousins team, you knew that Cousins was just going to just going to like focus on Tim Duncan and the fact that that you know he just idolized him and and try and and play really well and then just be absolutely you know done in because the the older guy just uh, had so many more tricks. And 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 knew what to expect from him, and so now you're you're dealing with a uh, with a team that is doubled, like literally doubled down on big men, and and the Spurs that have essentially again have three big men on their roster period, um, and probably won't even start two of them, and so um, I mean like it, it's possible that, that that it could be Lamarcus and Powell in the first unit, but I just I just I just can't see it, I can't see it until it happens, so. Um, I, I see, uh, I, I see the Pelicans being able to, to, to do a lot of the things that they've done in the past, uh, few years against the Spurs and, and create issues. Um, but then again, I, I, I haven't seen the, the Spurs small ball lineups. I haven't seen the way that they play and how they're going to defend and how they're going to rebound even, uh, yet. And so it's, it's really, I'm at a loss to know what to expect especially since we're doing this before the preseason has even begun. So I can kind of get a sneak peek. Um, and frankly, it's not even a sneak peek. Pop pretty much starts playing his offense and his defense in the middle of, of the, of the preseason. Um, as long as the guys are out there, he just makes them play it all season long. He doesn't really uh, leave a lot of, uh, a lot of cards unplayed uh, as far as that's concerned. So um, until I see any of those, it's guesswork. Um, but I think that um, I, I, I'm like, all I can do is guess. Right. And my guess is that the, that the idea is to try and shoot the other teams out of the lineups that they prefer. Uh, every single spur that we have on the roster right now can shoot the three. Um, that's a long way from where we've been uh, for, for 20 years with, with, with our 19 years with Duncan. And then last year with, uh, with, with even David Lee that, that, that couldn't shoot from outside. Um, so, so being in a situation where, where you kind of have seen other, other teams play that way and have success and, and to think that your team is going to do that before, before you, before they actually do it, it's weird. It's like, it's like, you know, taking a leap of faith off of, uh, off of a mountain and hoping that whatever's supposed to catch you catches you. Uh, so that's, that's the situation I'm in right now. And I don't know, uh, what, how that's going to play out, but. Um, man, I mean, you, you can't you can't look at this roster and expect anything else. So I think the 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 the, the Pelicans are going to be able to out rebound the Spurs. They're they're probably going to be able to out points in the paint the Spurs as well. Um, but uh, but it's all about whether they can outscore them. And uh, man, we have to see.
Yeah, uh, I feel pretty good about the matchup, Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins against Gasol and Aldridge, if that is the front court that you guys put out there. But uh, like you said, you guys have the shooting. And uh, we know your stars by virtue of the the playoffs. Uh, we get a we get a good look at you guys every, every season. But uh, there are some second unit players that Pelicans fans might not know as well. Uh, guys we don't see on national television like Joffrey Laverne, Davis Bertans. Uh, people might be familiar with Kyle Anderson, maybe not DeJounte Murray. Who uh, talk about these guys and what other uh, bench contributors you think might be able to take advantage of the Pelicans. Well, first with Tony Parker out, you're probably going to see DeJounte Murray start. Pop likes to leave his second unit the same. He, he did like the starters start because they're better players, but they also start because they're able to kind of bring along third stringers. Right. And so instead of bringing uh, the second a guy out of the second unit up into the starters when somebody gets hurt, he leaves the second unit alone and asks the asks the starters to work with whomever they're put in with. So um, I would expect to, to see uh, Dejounte Murray out there probably starting opening night. And if and if and if he's not, I'm going to be wrong, but I'm, I'm going to be surprised if it's if it's Patty Mills really. Um, so so Dejounte Murray is not going to be probably coming off the bench as far as I expect. Um, but, but yeah, you're talking about guys like uh, Davis Bertans, who's just an uh, absolute joy to watch shoot. I like the way he plays. I like, I like his heady play. He's a, he's a long, tall, thin dude. So um, he's a little too slow to play the three. He's a little too lightweight to play the four so he can get pushed out in, in the rebound battle. Um, if you see Anthony Davis or Boogie Cousins uh, on the floor, um, they're going to love to get a switch and have uh, Bertans uh, guarding them because he's, he's, he's not an excellent defender um, in post play and uh, will give up some points there. Um, as, as far as the rest of the guys that, we, that, that, that you mentioned, Joffrey Laverne has just come on. He's a, he had a good Euro basket um, with, with France, although they're, they're, uh, they made it out of group play, but then, then they were eliminated. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who has a spot uh, beyond the arc that he likes to shoot. He likes to shoot in the deep right corner, whether he has developed a deep left corner shot or not, or whether you get like, literally, um, he's got one hot spot outside the arc. Um, everything else is cold for him. Um, but that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, just it real quick on a couple of those guys. Is there, is there anybody else besides, uh, but, but besides the Latvian and the Frenchman that you want to hear about? Uh, pretty much whoever you think will see the floor. I remember we mentioned Bryn Forbes as a, as a, an up and comer and who are some yeah. of the other, I don't even recognize Brandon Paul, uh, uh, Hilliard, uh, Derek White is your, I think he was a second round pick. If we can expect to see him. So, play a, so Derek, yeah. So Derek White was the first round pick. Um, uh, Brandon Paul was picked up, um, uh, out of the D league. Um, and, and he had a really good summer league as well. Um, kind of a, uh, a better shooting Jonathan Simmons, not quite as athletic, better shooting, uh, Jonathan Simmons there. Um, Bryn Forbes, uh, is a, he had an incredible summer league, just shot the lot. I mean, just shot the lights out. Uh, just like literally looked like a, like a, like a, a poor man, Stephen Curry. Um, people said that about him last year. And I said, I don't see it, but until you see this guy, you know, just drilling three after three and then watching the defense respond to him and then dribbling in, you know, and, and the way that Curry, you know, cuts back like a, like a running back in a broken field to, to just, you know, 
slide into those open spaces and kind of flip it up off the glass from close range. Uh, Forbes is it showed that kind of stuff um, in in the in the summer league without a doubt. Whether whether he could do that at the NBA level is yet to be seen, and he could be still a couple of years away. But if he's playing, then that's kind of what you want to watch for uh, from him. As far as Derek White is concerned, I think he's probably going to be going back and forth between San Antonio and Austin. Uh, both of those teams are the Spurs, which is so confusing. But the uh, <laughs> the the D League team, man, Gatorade. You don't get to you don't get to make me call you got to, to to stop calling it the D League yet. I'm still I'm still stuck in that habit, unfortunately. But uh, uh, but I expect them to expect uh, White to to bounce back and forth, um, and he's probably still a, a year or maybe two years away before he gets some some serious playing time. On that D League G League note, uh, Orlando just yeah. dubbed their own team, which is called the Lakeland Magic, which is equally confusing. And uh, yeah. then the Pelicans GD League team is probably going to end up being in Pensacola. And the Pensacola Pelicans seemingly uh, just rolls off the tongue. So uh, it does Pensacola a good job. Pensacola Pelicans. It could, uh, almost sounds better than New Orleans. Like sounds. I, I, mean, I, I, love, I love the mascots. It's still sounds. All right. Let's 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 wrap it up here. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, right. his responsibilities grow every single year. Uh, does Does he win the MVP this season? You know, I think he would have won it last season if he had a, if he had played in the first third of the season the way he did in the second two thirds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the reason everybody says, "Well, he's in the conversation," is because they're like they're essentially admitting, "Well, we've already pretty much decided it's between these two guys." But look at the way he's playing. Yeah. So if he's if he comes out playing like the the string of 30, 30 point games that he had, the uh, the 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 string of game winners, you know, that that he had um, just just the absolute, um, like you said, he just starts to lay waste um, at, at times. Uh, dominating on both sides of the court, you know, that, that moment that he had against the Rockets, blocking Harden, uh, I'm sorry, hitting the three for the Spurs on one end, blocking Harden on the other end. Um, that, that, that kind of stuff is not extraordinary plays for Kawhi. It's just him out there being Kawhi. Uh, the game winner that he hit over Paul George in the in the Indiana Pacers game that came down to to, to the wire. Uh, everybody was saying, well, yeah, but I mean, like, look at all those games that are coming down to the wire. Yeah, the Spurs won 61 games, but it's like they won 61 games because Kawhi was seeing how long he could go without having to play his hardest on both sides of the court. Um, you gotta, it, it, it's an 82 season game. No team plays 100% all out, all game, every game. They just don't. Uh, that's why usually teams that play that the team the team that the game means most to usually wins in the regular season because they've decided to exert the energy that night from from the tip. Uh, so so everybody is looking for where they can coast, and uh, so it's like how how well can you can you beat a team when you play three quarters of your best? No, no. Is it the fourth quarter? I got to come out and play my hardest, and that's the way the stars do it because uh, 48 minutes is too long to play full out because 82 games is too many games to play full out. That's why that's why the, I think that's why the, you know, Adam Silver recognized that you've got to stretch the season out. You can't have, um, you know, four games in five nights like that. And, and then, and then turn around and say, and you've got to play these games. No, you've got to give the players rest. And then you can start to lean on, uh, lean on them to say, Hey, look, I've given you the rest you need. Now play the games, and we'll see how that goes. But, um, I, I think uh, I think that Kawhi Leonard, as 
is is the front is the front runner for MVP right now. Um, unless unless Stephen Curry turns the clock back and goes, you know, before he tweaked his knee in, in that in that season uh, um, season before last, um, and and just has that absolutely just transcendent year shooting from behind the arc. Uh, you, you've seen what Rus- Russell Westbrook can do. Uh, you, you've seen what James Harden can do, but that that team, like you're sharing them, right? I mean, Kevin Durant essentially took the MVP wind out of out of uh, Stephen Curry's sails. Uh, you you split that what that Warriors vote, and Chris Paul's in there in Houston now, splitting that vote. Um, and then you've got you know we've got Paul George in in Oklahoma City now, splitting the Thunder vote. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's pretty much going to be Kawhi and company in San Antonio. So there's really nobody looking to steal his thunder. Frankly, nobody would want to steal his thunder. Um, he's holding on too tightly to it with those big old hands. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to come down to, uh, Kawhi and LeBron this year for just the, the reasons that you said is all these guys have become Batman and Robin now. And with Kyrie Irving requesting out of Cleveland, man, it sure is a Mm. great opportunity for LeBron to just do precisely what he's been doing and uh, get a lot of national attention for it since he was seemingly uh, pushed under the bus. But Kawhi Leonard, I think, is right there with him. And I'm so glad you brought up the the playing the whole 48 minutes and the Adam Silver uh, competition committee uh, stuff that's going on right now because Greg Popovich has always been a a forward thinker in terms of rest and uh, somewhat a, a stubborn coach uh, as he's accepted fine after fine. I think the most famous one was probably after the first finals with the Heat. The next season, it was a nationally televised game. It was on the second night of a back-to-back. And I remember that he he sat four starters. I, I think it was some yeah. version of uh, uh, Danny Green, uh, Tony Parker, Manu, and Tim Duncan. I can't remember precisely what it was. But with yeah, all this so it was, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It was the big three. It was a big three plus Danny Green. It was December 2012. So it was the December before that first finals with the Heat. But you're close. You're close. Gotcha. Not bad for Thank Pelicans fan. Thank you. Nice, um, and it was a, it was a quarter of a million dollar fine, and now that Adam Silver has essentially changed the schedule in order to try and, and alleviate that kind of thing, I'm just wondering, are they ready to repay that fine? Yeah, are they ready yeah. to give that money back? Probably not. Well, my question to you is, uh, they've they've given us an extra eleven days on the season, which is going yeah. to be super beneficial, but there are still eighty two games. And Tony Parker is still 35 years old. Manu is still 40. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> still goes, you know, a thousand miles per hour every time he's on the court. Do you see, even after these rules being instituted, do you see Greg Popovich still going against the grain and just continuing to accept those fines to, to do what he think is right? I think that the, the only the only reason he would take a fine at this point, I, he, well, here's the thing. I, I'm going to go around around about to answer this question. <laughs> I'm warning you as if I have, that's not what I've been doing this entire time. <laughs> Pretty much the only way I could talk. Let me talk around this thing first and then answer your question. Um, every coach used to just say sore back, uh, tight, tight hamstrings and just write the game off. They, it, it, the, the reason that this comes out is because Popovich would say DNP old, right? Uh, did not dress because he's too old. Tim Duncan was too old to play tonight. And that's what I'm putting on the, on the report. He wouldn't say any of that. He wouldn't play around with it. He would come right out and say it. So the, what he's been doing this entire time is bringing light to the issue by not taking the, the little side trails, right. But blazing a new trail of his own, actually creating a highway and saying, look, everybody's 
chipping around the edges of this issue, right? He's tired. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's mounting evidence that that go that 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 shows that the majority of the injuries in the NBA come from tired players playing games on tired muscles, and it generally happens on the road. It generally happens at the end of a road trip, or in high or in high pressure games against top flight athletes when you've been cruising and now you need to play at your best. But you know what? This is your third game in four nights or your fourth game in five nights. And so the reason he did that was to shine a light on it. So, yeah, he'll keep on racking up these fines if he thinks he, he needs them uh, in, in, order to, in order to continue to shine a light on it. Because, look, it's better. The Focofini is a game as a thing of the past. There's no more four games in five nights. Fantastic. You're not going to have a back-to-back, a day off, and another back-to-back. That doesn't mean that the, that the schedule is going to be – Perfect, and there's still going to be times when the, 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 the look the Spurs look at the begin at the beginning of the season. As soon as the regular season schedule comes out, they they look at all of that stuff and they see when those road trips are. They see where they think they're going to be. You know, they use their 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 system to analyze that stuff, and they go this game here, that game there, this game here. Those three games, you Tim, you're not going to be playing those games, and they decide beforehand knowing what what it's going to be like. And then they just uh, and they they stick to that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like probably get ready for another fine still. Or if they feel like they've done enough, then then you just you'll just see you'll just see somebody with a with a tweaked back or a uh, tight hammy. Thank you so much, Jr. Again, you guys can follow Jr. at Jolly Roger Wilco and PoundingTheRock.com. Jr. What kind of coverage can Pell's fans expect on your team leading up to games, and what do you hope that they check out? Well, we're going to have a, a season preview by Jesus Gomez that, that comes up, uh, you know, as the as the preseason is ending. We'll leave that on the uh, front page for a while. He's been doing that uh, every year for for a while now. Uh, we're we're going to finish up our legend series. Got a, a, a Jeff uh, Jeff Duarte has has done a, a series on all of the numbers that the Spurs have retired. Uh, so not just the, the 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 player who was wearing that number to, that made it retired, but everybody who's ever worn that player um, is in that series. And so we're wrapping that up. And uh, we've got a little pop culture stuff that I've been putting together. We got a little, uh, uh, you know, we like to do our photoshops of uh, Spurs faces on um, on in, in on movie stars' bodies. Uh, <laughs> so we've we've done one around Baby Driver. Uh, that that we're uh, <laughs> anticipating uh, Dejounte Murray being the the driver of the Spurs offense here coming up. Uh, so we've we've got some stuff surrounding that as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Can you drop again uh, where people can find that link to give to Tim Duncan and the Virgin Islands? Yes, it's on the uh, Tim Duncan post. Right. So Tim. Uh, so Tim Duncan's uh, doing good work. And the Virgin Islands is the is is the uh, is headline or something along the lines of the headline. I don't think I uh, might not have memorized that correctly, uh, but it's Tim Duncan's face on a post on the front page of Pounding the Rock. You can click on that if you want to donate. Yeah, and they are getting hammered right now by Hurricane Maria. So anything you guys can do to help is greatly appreciated. Next, the storm is headed for Puerto Rico. So just keep them in your thoughts. But uh, for now, thank you guys, uh, or thank you, JR, for taking the time. Again, this has been part three of our series covering the Southwest Division. Stay tuned for part four with Kelly Iko of ESPN Houston tomorrow. And as always, 
just make sure to share, retweet, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. I know it takes a moment of your time, but we deeply appreciate all the help and support you guys can give. And thank you just for being here. I've been Preston Ellis, and uh, you can expect a Dante Cunningham pod coming up soon as well. But for now, thank you, JR, and let's go, pals. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark, inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.